Welcome to the Flower Poxies, a podcast exploring all things flower essences and remedies and flower therapy, and how this vibrational plant medicine has the potential to heal and shift our individual and collective health and consciousness. We'll be diving deep into the specifics of individual essences, nature's energetics, emotional healing and growth, as well as hearing client case studies, hosting special guests and professionals, and I'll be sharing my own personal explorations and philosophies channeled straight from the flowers. Through my own unearthing, I have discovered what I believe to be the most profound teaching of the flowers, and I now wish to share with you the practice of alchemizing fear into beauty. So welcome back to the Flower Prophecies podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land I am working and creating on today, the Gubby Gubby or Kabi Kabi people, and I would like to pay respects to their ancestors, elders, and emerging generations. So today we have a very special guest that I'm extremely excited to chat with. Ian White is a fifth generation herbalist, a naturopath and homeopath, and the founder of Australian Bushflower Essences. As a child, Ian forged a strong connection with nature, his grandmother sharing her knowledge of the local flora and plant wisdom with him. This eventually led Ian to his studies in which he was introduced to the bark flower essences. Intrigued by these remedies, Ian wondered why no one had used the Australian bushflowers for their healing in this way. And after beginning a weekly meditation circle for an unwell friend, Ian began to receive guidance within these meditations of different flowers to use as the Australian flower essences. He began working with these in his practice and a great response and healing with his patients followed. He founded the Australian Bushflower Essences in 1987 and has since created an incredible body of work with 70 individual essences from all over Australia and many other ranges. He has authored a number of books and he is extremely passionate about sharing this medicine with others, traveling and educating thousands around the world. Ian, it is such an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure, Abby. Beautiful. So to get started, I would love to dive straight in and ask you about when you first started working with the flower essences yourself, if you have any significant experiences with them that you would be open to sharing. Yeah, look, I'll talk about some of my experiences, say, directly with the flower, but then also the benefits that I got. And um, there's a term that uh, we call doc, um, constitutional remedy. Mm-hmm. So of, within the flower essence range, there's probably one which um, best sums up your personality type. Yeah. And for me, it's um, a plant called Tetratheca ericifolia, which is a bit of a mouthful, but its mm-hmm. common name is Black-Eyed Susan. And when I started doing the work, I was in full-time practice. I was getting, as you mentioned, there was a meditation uh, in the healing circles that I was running, getting information about the plant. So the ones which were growing close to where I lived, you know, I was trying to get up early in the morning going there and, you know, sometimes during the lunch break, et cetera. And there was um, a particular flower, this black-eyed Susan, that I'd see it and I'd always be running behind the schedule like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like a there might be a cancellation, the patient, I think, oh, I've got an hour. There's enough time for me to go down, have a quick body surf, come back before the next one. And, of course, there wasn't. My receptionist is rollerizing, surely. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, I come back in, running a little bit late, dripping with sand and wet hair and have to go around the back way while the patient was waiting there. So I'd be seeing the black-eyed Susan always when I was, you know, like looking at the clock, oh, I want to tune in, meditate, oh, I haven't got enough time, I have to rush. And then when I made it up and all the qualities came through, it was very much my constitutional remedy Mm. that always on the go, trying to do too much, not great time management. And the message that came through when making this remedy was Ian has found his constitutional remedy. Let us Mm -hmm. hope that he (laughs) uses it. And then, you know, like my receptionist, if I was, you know, getting a bit out of whack time-wise, I'd find a little bottle of Black-Eyed Susan on my table left there for me. And I don't think your constitutional state always stays the same, but it keeps you more in balance. So if you're getting extreme either end, it can bring you back more Mm. into a balance. 
And I, I think at the same time of taking it, I learned about this philosophy called walk, don't run, that you're always in the um, right place at the right time. So if you're if you're driving off somewhere and you've got a meeting at 10 o'clock and you know you're not going to get there 10, 15, rather than focusing on you getting there, you just stay focused on driving normally in the moment. Mm. And, you know, like, you know, I started doing that and there'd be traffic lights. You knew if you miss them, you're going to be held up for a long time. So when you're getting close, you saw green, you'd put the foot on the accelerator. And it's like, <laughs> no, don't run. So just drive normally. And then, gee, it's staying green a long time. Maybe I should just speed up, make sure I get in the <laughs> process. And, and then it stay green. As soon as you go through, it changed. And I was going off to a conference once. I was just a participant. And, um, you know, like it was – um, you know, there was traffic jams, all sorts of things going on. And it was just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'll just take my time. It's perfect where I am. When I got there, there'd been some technical hitches and they just start as I walked in the door. Otherwise, I'd been rushing in and panting. Mm. And if you do, people get upset with you. But if you're quite content where you are, things seem to flow. So that yeah. was a really good one with Black Eyed Susan. Beautiful. Um, and just... On personal experience, there's always a magic in making up the essences. And the Waratahs, it's such a, an incredibly powerful essence. It's, you know, for if anyone's listening outside of Australia, it's probably the, one of the most loved flowers in Australia and most well-known ones. And when I got the information about Waratah, it was right at the end of the flowering season. And I was thinking, oh, gee, you know, like I'm going to have to wait, you know, maybe 10 months before it'll be in flower because I live on the coast. Mm. And so I was doing some research. I was talking to a, a professor of botany um, at the university in Sydney. And he said, look, I know this um, people in the just on the other side of the Blue Mountains. It's a it's a cold area. The flowers come into bloom a little bit later and last longer. And they're renowned for having the last flowering Waratahs. So he put me in contact with them. They gave me permission. And they said, look, we've been there a, a few weeks earlier and there wasn't any more. It's finished, but you're welcome because, you know, we trust this fellow from the university. If he recommends you, then, you know, we'll reveal this special location to you. So, uh, you know, like I cancelled it a day, two days later, swapped all my patients around. And it was the only day I could really do it. But the forecast was terrible. And, um, you know, even that night it said it was going to be raining the next day. In the meditation that night, I saw a beautiful waratah in full bloom. I thought, this is a very good omen. Next morning I woke up bucketing with rain. Yeah. It's a two-hour drive to get there, and it's rains worse there than where I live. Oh, yeah. And I think, okay, look, I'll just go. And I got there, heavy rain, I'm walking with a raincoat, and seeing all these waratahs, they look fantastic. But when you get close to them, they weren't in peak bloom at all. And so I was just enjoying the space, and then I came to a little creek, followed the creek, went into a gully, and there was the same waratah, had the same markings on the stem that I'd seen the night before. Mm. So I just sat and was meditating with it. And after being there for about 10 minutes, there was a, a break in the sky and suddenly there was like this little diameter of sunlight all around me. And, you know, 30 metres away it was raining and I was going, oh, this is a bit weird. <laughs> and I pulled out all the bowls and started, you know, preparing the essence and the sunlight stayed for the full two hours the waratah was in the bowl yeah. and just as I was taking the waratah out the sky went black and it started not just raining but hailing it was almost like spirit said okay you got two hours go and pull the sun <laughs> and that magic that of how things happen it happens you know so frequently yeah with essence making so it's it's um it's that beautiful alchemy between not just the humans, but also the plants, but also spirit as well. Mm, yeah. Definitely. I love that. And 
yeah, that magic, that synchronicity, I, it's one of my favourite parts about working with the essences. And I think, um, you know, that presents to us in our lives all the time, but a lot of the time we're not in the right space to notice these things. And when you're working with the flowers, it's just magnified so much that it's hard to ignore, like, these magical moments that get presented to us. And it's just, like, one of my favourite things about working with them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like some of the plants are really hard to they work with are hard to find depending on certain seasons and and just the the synchronicity of how you get led to finding one where yeah. there doesn't appear to be any hope at all. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I love it. Oh, I'd love to one day hear all of the stories. <laughs> um, so I've heard you speak of an Indigenous spirit guide that you've been connected with since you have been working with the flower essences and with the flowers, as well as coming across a number of Indigenous books and legends that sort of um, speak and correlate with the flowers that you work with with the essences. Um, I was wondering if you have made any sort of personal connections with Indigenous members and they have shared any wisdom with you in this realm or whether your spirit guide has shared any wisdom with you in this realm that you would like to share with us today yeah thank you um it's been nice confirmation finding some of the aboriginal legends number of years after i've worked with flowers like sturt desert p working for grief and sadness and then finding some of the legends like three four years later that you know the salt plains in south australia which sturt desert p is the floral emblem of that state yeah. the legend saying that the salt plains were formed by all the tears over generations of humans falling on the ground and that's where you get your sturt desert p and some very beautiful stories of this flower um in the kimberleys um you know i was running a workshop there and you know there's indigenous people telling me about Boab, and this was just after I'd worked with it as well, that it was um, used traditionally for the birthing. So mm -hmm. if, if a woman was going to labour during the flowering time, someone would give her the flowers. She would go off by herself, dig a hole, and line it with the Boab flowers. Mm -hmm. So the child's first contact with anything on the planet was with Boab, which clears the negative family patterns. So that was really nice in, in the research with, with Boab there. And it's been probably a little bit more the other way that a lot of that Indigenous knowledge being lost, like there's communities in Victoria, Aboriginal communities, where they had certain grants available to them for training. They could get counselling in different areas and they chose to get trained in the bush essences. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like rather than choosing sort of drug and alcohol, domestic abuse, they so, well, if you can work with the essences, we're going to sort of cover all those areas. Yeah. Same in, you know, in, in Queensland, we had teaching in Brisbane and we had a, a number of elders come down from one of the communities because um, suicide was so incredible. It was the highest in any part of Australia and it was just devastating the community, the amount of trauma. Um, so they came down, okay, how can we try and address it? And, you know, we mentioned Waratah, which is that remedy for the dark night of the soul, for that despair, suicidal feelings. It's an incredibly deep-acting, powerful remedy pull people back. So it's been great that there's been some of the, you know, communities sort of let's go back. We've lost some of that knowledge. So how can we retrieve some of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love that. So it's almost like they'd been drawn back to the essences and working with nature in this way just um, intuitively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Knowing, it, knowing this is a very effective way of, of getting yeah. some results. Yeah, absolutely. So beautiful. So I was doing a little bit of research recently into all of the sort of um, flower essences across the world and I came across the there's like a, like a handful of really, um, I guess, well-established and well-known um, flower essence companies and um, individuals working with them um, who all at the same time in around the 1980s began working with flower essences. And I wanted to ask you if you had any insight, because this is the time you yourself sort of um, came 
in connection with them and sort of receive this guidance to begin working with them. I was wondering if you could shed any light if there was what was going on collectively at this time that um, across the world in all these different places, these individuals started working with the essences just randomly and suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think probably an astrologer could give a a, a, maybe a good summation of what was going on over that period, but you're certainly right in that 80s. And, you know, there was um, a number uh, in the 1990s, a number of international flower essence conferences, and, of course, they've been in the 2000s as well. And the very first one was in France in 1990. And... So we all got together. We, we most a lot of us knew each other, but it was a really good groundwork of networking, getting to know these people from, you know, FES in the uh, the states, or Sabina Pettit in Canada, and um, uh, etc. Philippe uh, Durar in in France. And what we noticed was that Aries was incredibly common theme. You either was an Aries sun or an Aries moon. Interesting. All the the people who had started up the Florissons companies there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we thought about it, it was still very much that pioneering work. Very few people had heard about Florissons. Some people might have heard of Rescue Remedy, but that was pretty much it. A lot of people didn't know of Florissons. Well, what's that? So, as well as the of tuning in, creating the remedies, understanding, doing the research of what the quality was, there was also that education mm-hmm. of trying to show the scope of what, mm-hmm. as a modality, flower essences could do. Mm-hmm. I think it was that pioneering spirit which really led to, you know, Steve Johnson, Alaskan, and all, all the different companies I just previously mentioned as well, yeah. going out there and and, and spreading that word. Yeah, beautiful. I did. I tried to find a little bit about what was going on astrologically at that time, but I couldn't really decipher anything because I'm not that um, well versed in astrology. (laughs) But um, I definitely think something must have been going on, especially considering you guys were all Aries or had Aries in your your signs. (laughs) And I'm sure we're going to get, you know, hopefully a few astrologers who are going to write into you and say, this was going on, which would fit in quite well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope so. (laughs) So, so amazing. It's just, um, obviously that was the time when flower essences were meant to sort of come through in this way. I mean, obviously they were already around with Edward Bark's work, but, um, you know, I guess there's those collective times where things need to be birthed and just, um, yes spread spread and you all of all of these people you mentioned and especially yourself have done such amazing work with um actually educating and sharing this knowledge and so i think that's just so amazing yeah Yeah, yeah. and you know there's there's been a good ripple effect as a consequence for example you know um you know, I regularly go to South America to teach, and we have I've trained teachers in some of the different countries, like Brazil, for example. And um, one of our teachers there in Natal, which is in the northeast, she did a study with the University of Natal, and they took a group of six-year-olds with behavioral problems, and they're working with the bush essences and some aromatherapy. And the results were so spectacular that the Natal state government, which is like the equivalent of Queensland government or a Western <laughs> Australian government, um, got organised um, Regina uh, to train 400 health workers in the state of using the bush essences. And they choose, you know, um, it was almost like a community centre where you'd have a doctor, nurse, you'd have a psychiatrist or or psychologist working there. So she'd even dentists. So mm. she'd train up all the different groups in all parts of the state of mm. how they could use the essences because they realized it was very inexpensive and it was totally safe and there were no no side effects. And the results were were great. And it was very easy to train them up. You didn't have to do like five years as medicine to be able to prescribe the essences or three years of counselling to yeah. to recognise the different things going on. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, same as in Chile, that um, there's a lot of flower essence practitioners there who are working in the jails, in the hospitals. Mm. In fact, you can go into a hospital and request flower essences or acupuncture and they will provide those people for you. 
So, you know, going into very poor areas. So it's really great how, you know, the flower essences are being recognized as safe, inexpensive and and easy to implement. Absolutely. If only every other government would do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) Oh, what a different world we'd live in. You mentioned a little bit about your travels and throughout your career, you've done some really amazing work. So you've traveled to many remote parts of Australia to actually, um, you know, source and create the essences. And then you've again travelled the world teaching and sharing the knowledge and the insights to, I'm sure, thousands of people. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you've also done some incredible humanitarian work with the essences. And I just would love to know what have been maybe one or two of your favourite or most memorable experiences or times that you've been working with them. We've been donating the essences to orphanages in South America, especially Brazil, less extent Argentina for many years. And so one time uh, we, my wife and I went to one of the uh, orphanages where we've been donating the essences. And sometimes you'll have a flower essence practitioner or a psychologist who will be working with the orphanage and they'll be able to make up um, a specific essence for each child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some common themes. Basically, there's going to be a lot of uh, issues with mother and father, given they're either dead or they're not, didn't want to or unable to look after the children, hence why they're in the orphanages. There's dealing a lot of drugs, um, the parents, alcohol, um, there's abandonment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some, and of course, sadness too about the situation. So there's some common essences, but then each child's quite unique how they're responding so they can have their own. Other times there's we've just had to train the cooks to put the essences in the food, even their sugary cordials going to all the children, picking those two themes. So in this particular orphanage, uh, on the roll call, um, that's when the children were given the essences. And they were so proud that they had their own bottle of essences. You know, so they got me to give the essences to the children. So they call them up and the children would come up and they like these little birds that open their mouth and they get their drops and they were so <laughs> um afterwards we we did a a group photo yeah. and uh, you know you just see these shining souls, their eyes just so beaming with love and light, mm. and, uh, knowing the essences helping them at that early age so they don't end up in that same cycle of you know, abuse and drugs and violence and and what have you. And it's, um, yeah, so that was, that was incredibly rewarding. Um, I think one of my most enjoyable experiences, like Italy is one of our our biggest areas where we, um, um, you know, send the essences. Yeah. And, you know, every year I teach there in Italy and, you know, we can have up to 200 people for the workshops and, I've usually a policy where I don't um, teach on my, I don't work on my birthday. Yeah. And it was just the way that this had scheduled, like I was going to be teaching there over the course of my uh, birthday. And, you know, they, they did a stop. Erica, who's the, the organizer came up and they played a little video of me up there. We had 200 people and they all sang an Italian happy birthday. I love that. Thinking, Gee, you know, if you got to work on your birthday, this is not bad <laughs> at all. And That's just being, yeah, and having that many people who are really keen to sort of know about flower essences, and in the workshop in Italy, it's 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 naturopaths, doctors, and pharmacists would make up mm. about at least eighty five percent, which wow. is very different to other countries. So you know that you know the people taking them out, and it's just so widespread there. Wow, that's amazing. Why do you think that is that Italy is so, I guess, um, keen to work with this modality? I think it's more not so much the Italian people, although they're very emotional and very feeling people, but it's just that we've got a great distributor there that they've got a lot of infrastructure. So the reps are going out there. And but it is interesting that in Europe, a lot of the pharmacies will have homeopathics, but like in, in Italy, you know, they love the you know, probably the essences are even more popular than the homeopathics there. So mm-hmm. that vibrational thing, but also, of course, it's emotional. They're very feeling people possibly as well and yeah. a great distributor. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Ah, oh, that's very cool to think about. 
Do you know if they have any of their own sort of um, flower essences over there? Um, there's no one really doing very much much work with the, yeah. There's a, a few people doing a little bit, but not, yeah. Not, yeah really wow, so there. interesting. Yeah. I, I love, how many how many countries do you travel to to educate? Um, probably run workshops in close to 40 different countries. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> so this year, you know, normally we'll go to Europe and um, and Asia uh, during the middle of the year, and then in the in our spring would be the states and South America. So this year I'm going to be teaching in Romania will be the first time. So it's always fun to go to a a new country to. Yeah, to teach. amazing Romania. Well, that'll be interesting. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, it's up in Transylvania area. So we'll oh go wow. <laughs> And also, you know, being told, my wife's a musician. She plays in the opera in Sydney, and there's a a, a Romanian uh, cellist there. And he was saying, "Oh, you know, there's lots of bears out in that area of." Yes. <laughs> so, oh, okay, so that'll be a bit different as yeah. well. Bears wandering down the street, so it'll be fun. <laughs> Don't steal any of their flowers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. During my own time with working with the flower essences more deeply, and that is a very short time in comparison to you, but I have in just this short time, um, I feel as though the flowers themselves have taught me a lot and gifted me a lot of messages and wisdom. And I would love to know if you have learned anything new about or from the flowers in more recent times that maybe they previously, previously haven't shared with you. Yeah. Look, I, I share an, an interesting story around bush fuchsia. Okay. And bush fuchsia, you know, like it, it has quite a lot of different uh, areas that it works on. Yeah. And one of them is, you know, intuition. It, it's, it's amongst other things, it's um, working on a lot of learning and in, integrating information, hemispheres of the brain, etc. It's um, people who don't have good sense of direction. It's a great remedy for, you know, this, this coordination, so many great things about this. And not that long ago, I got some information that it's, it's also very good um, for just orientation with the general changing of the seasons, being in tune as everything moves and changes. And that information hadn't come through when I first started working with the essences like 20 years earlier yeah, or, or even just in replenishing the essences. And this was quite a, a, a new one. And also saying, you know, like it, a lot of people miss out on sunrises and sunsets, which has a really nice balancing effect on mm. us. The bush would be a very good remedy for that. Yeah. And I wrote about it in the newsletter and then people started writing saying, oh, I, I want a bottle of the new bush fuchsia that has all these super-duper <laughs> qualities. And what I found is that the mother tinctures that I had made up previously a number of years before yeah. already embodied those qualities. Yes. So it, I said, oh, you don't need to buy it. Your new bottle, has, as, the, as the flower has embodied that, then the mother tinctures made from the flowers in those previous years have already imbued and taken on that quality, which um, that was a thing that was quite striking for yeah. me. And when I'm making the essences, um, you make the essence in present time. You know, the flowers are picked, placed in the bowl, the sun releases that vibrational quality. But I was um, shown by spirit a technique to, how I'd say, it, it's almost like there's this string of sausages, if you like, that, that maybe when that plant came on the planet, so like 500,000 years ago, it had certain qualities. And over mm -hmm. time, it's evolved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the, when you're making the essence in present time, you're getting that present one. But there was this technique to absorb all those healing qualities from the different eons, how it's evolved as a planet and consciousness has changed on the planet. Yeah. So that was that was really quite a, a fascinating. It was a, a big jump. Yeah. Me, the potency, the essence is one bringing in that quality. That's amazing. I'm sure that's something you want to keep close to your heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really amazing, though. And have you since? 
sort of receiving that message for that technique to sort of embody the qualities from, you know, the evolution of the plant. Have you noticed a difference within the essences that you may have done that for? Even working at a deeper level. Mm. And I think bush essences, um, you know, in comparison with essences from other countries that always had this reputation for being incredibly deep acting and quick acting, and it seemed to take that to a, a you know, even a higher level. Yes. Well, that's interesting because the next thing I wanted to ask you was I've been noticing quite like prominently that the essences are working very deeply um, and very powerfully. And this also comes with a lot of um, powerful purges as well, which you, you reference as healing crises. And I'm wondering if you have been experiencing this um, depth that they've been working to with your clients as well and whether you think that is the essence of themselves and maybe from this technique that you're using or whether that is just the time we're in collectively and that more people are sort of stepping into their more healed, powerful versions of themselves or what's your take on it? Yeah. I'm probably only seeing patients, you know, a couple of weeks now because I'm really busy oh. with all the other other. Hats. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so I haven't really noticed if um, with the bush essences, whether there's um, – Mm. more healing crisis come up like when I first started working with old man banks here because they're working with the thyroid a lot of people feeling a real tightness in the throat not a lot but a small percentage really and and the term you mentioned the healing crisis it's like wow there's some very strong things happening when I'm taking this remedy like maybe there's a pee for sadness they're crying heaps of sadness coming out but they feel okay with that yeah yeah Um, yeah as opposed to an aggravation, which is a homeopathic term, where you take the remedy and you just feel terrible. I just mm. I can't take this anymore. I just feel so bad. Like, even though it's like, mm, this is pretty intense, but it feels like good. It's really doing a powerful thing. Yes. And, you know, like, um, like we, we've had people, um, really serious illnesses and uh, take the essence and experience an intense burning where the problem has been. Mm-hmm. And they've gone back for, for medical follow-ups and there's no trace of that condition anymore. Yes. And then they said, wow, it was really uncomfortable, but it felt good. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a classic healing crisis where you just hang in there. Yeah. Um, so I haven't noticed too much of that. But then, like, the apart from a remedy we'll, we might talk about shortly called colophon, which was the first new one that mm. had been made in 19 years, there's been a whole range of spiritual remedies. And mm. it feels like the, um, the the shift of focus, like when I first started working the essences, we were dealing with basic emotional states, the fear, the sadness, the, the anger, et cetera. And as time has gone on, <clears throat> the deeper spiritual healing has come through. It's almost like the raising consciousness on the planet at that mm-hmm. time. And there was one called Solar Logos, and it was incredibly powerful. It cleared spiritual blockages. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's the most powerful essence I've worked with, which doesn't mean it's the best essence. It just means it's, it's incredibly powerful and deep acting. And we've had people write in and say, I had chronic fatigue 20 years ago. It felt like I had chronic fatigue. I just had to lie flat. I couldn't get out of bed for a week. Yeah. Because processing so many things, they just were flattened by it. And so, you know, the ability on a a deep spiritual level for what's coming through is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And, And we've been going through some pretty dark times here on the planet. And in essence, like ISIS to come through and, um, Isis is actually a spiritual being. I thought, you know, as opposed to some legend and, you know, mythology. But she's this incredible being. She's the embodiment of the divine mother, the divine feminine. And it's like her message is, give me your pain, give me your suffering, I'll give you love and courage. But just feeling it at such a deep emotional and spiritual level, you know, people who've never had a relationship with their own mothers and, you know, pretty horrendous 
relationship and you know take the isis the divine mother doing so much of that beautiful healing and the person just being able to surrender to the feminine that way yeah, um, yeah so so yeah so you know with some of the spiritual ones very powerful but also you know deeply healing mm, what are you noticing you're noticing far more yeah i am um, so the majority of my clientele are women and you know, I get this sense when I begin to work with them that they're they're very powerful women and they they've got a lot of I guess potential in um, what they're here to do, right? And when I get this sense, the impact that the flowers actually end up having on them is like pretty powerful. And to the point, it's almost see when I work with them, I that I try to. Um, sort of preface it with that the, the flowers only kind of can give you what you are capable of working through. And so they're not going to give you anything that you're not capable of working through. Um, but even so, I do find that a lot of people, the, the the intensity that they hit them with is quite powerful that they are sort of questioning it. And I have to sort of, you know, in, reassure them that they're capable of yeah moving through that as long as it's safe for them obviously but yeah it's definitely I've noticed a really powerful response quite in just like the last couple of months even it's um it's really yeah sort of grown and um I feel personally that it is a combination of both the time we're in and people sort of, yeah, needing to sort of step up into their power and potential. But also I do feel like the remedies themselves have increased in their um, potency almost. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like hey, it, it's we're getting called, you know, step yes. up, yeah. work on your stuff, clear it. So and like yeah. it's just – I yeah, believe that too. I think at the moment people are, are also clearing not just their things, but it's it's like the their uh, ancestral mm, yep. patterns, stuff that's been within the family. Yep. It's like they're, people are putting their hand up, okay, I'm doing clearing it myself. I'm also yep. clearing the old stuff that's been around for a really long time yep. ancestrally. So I think that's part of also why things are working very deeply and people are experiencing a lot at the moment. I agree. Yeah. It's almost like um, this sort of generation we're in is like, we're going to be the ones to clear that past and we're going to take it, take it on to, to clear it all. <laughs> the solar logos energy, solar logos is the energy from, you know, the heart of the divine central sun, whatever you like to call it. It's, it's that um, energy that goes out through the cosmos, which is raising consciousness. Mm, yeah. It's happening very much on the planet. Gaia, Mother Earth, is like she's evolving, and you know her message is, you know, um, you know, we are, you, are, you are of me, you know, my children are such, you know, come on, come with the journey with me, like Ray, come on, we're all expanding, you know, she wants to bring us um, with her, and yeah. so it's like, you know, to do that, we've got to really clear a lot of our own personal things, and I said that ancestral thing. Absolutely, yeah. Really, that impetus is strong now. Mm, definitely, I can feel it. <laughs> so then, the calophyllum—is that how you pronounce it? Oh, uh, look, I I call it colophyllum. Colophyllum. Calophyllum, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so the uh, colophyllum you mentioned before. So this is your the essence you brought out last year, and it was the first one in was it nineteen years? Essence in nineteen years. We yeah. had all. White light, light frequency yeah. and divine presence, spiritual essence, but the first flower is new right. flower. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I would love to hear from you how you knew it was time to bring this essence. And then I guess a bit about the story of how this particular colophyllum <laughs> presented to you. <laughs> so uh, I was just having a, uh, uh, a holiday up in uh, North Queensland and, you know, it was the last day of being up there and up near uh, yeah, the far north Queensland uh, and walking along the beach and the colophyllum tree was in flower. In fact, it grows right on the edges of the shore. And when you looked at it, some of the branches are covered by sand for a couple of meters and they pop up. 
And it started from Africa, this plant, but because it grows right on the shoreline and the seeds fall in the water and being carried through Oceania and the Pacific and um and that's very much that an aspect of it. It's that real pioneer re ready to go out there. And I was just so drawn to the flower and I was just meditating, getting a lot of information. I didn't have any bowls, brandy. There wasn't enough time to go and access some. It was like it would have been at least a three-hour drive to get something in three hours back and and then was leaving the next day. Um, and, you know, so I thought, okay, I'll make it up next year. And this was in the the June when I found it. And um, last year, that was like 2022. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make it up in 2023. And um, I was going my first trip back to Europe. It was going to be a three-month trip because I hadn't been because of travel restrictions for about, you know, four years. And it was quite a long one. All the countries hadn't been. So, oh, you got to come here. I haven't been here for years. And so this very long trip. And it was a lot of effort putting it together. And I knew that it would be finished flowering when I got back in, you know, late July. And I'm thinking, well, would it be in flower in April? I'm leaving in April. If I have to go all the way up there and it's not in flower, it's really tight for time. And I thought, oh, maybe it's all too much. I'll leave it for, you know, the next year. And the message came through very strongly meditation. You will do it this year. <laughs> and part of this essence is getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah. you know, it's a, three-hour flight up there, you're driving for another four hours, and then you've got to try and find it. I didn't know if we'd be in flowers at too early. And it was actually the same tree that I'd meditated with was the only one in flower at that time. Some of the others were in flower, but it's a very tall tree. It can be up to, you know, 20, 30 metres tall. So, and this was the closest to the shore, and, you know, I was meditating, and it's um, – and it was the tree I was meditating with. Though I found an old abandoned um, torch, it must have fallen off a boat, you know, one of those big ones. Mm. And I'm going, isn't that wonderful? Like a torch is shining the light, showing the way. And that's very much what this essence is about. It's really bringing up leadership. Mm. And a lot of people are being called to step up. Mm. Some people think, oh, look, you know, I'm too young, you know, I'm a teenager, what could I offer? I don't have worldly experience, and it's got nothing to do with experience. It's like I think at the moment it's it's a really important um, call to do where you, you're drawn to go and to lead and what needs to be done, what's best for everyone, and that's not just one person charging off. That's more like the guy me, Lily, you do this, you do that. This is this is what we need to do. Come on, we all go together and bringing yeah. the others with them yes getting out of your comfort zone it was mm. um you know uh, and having the courage to really share what what they see going on mm. you know we're we're coming up with um very important things happening so things going on in the environment or what have you yeah. and i i think the media has really brought about a sense of um separation between people it's us versus them rather than having communication between people mm. like well, what's your point of view being open to communicate and share rather than just this dismissing and this division which yeah. is really rampant so you know this essence is working in in so many powerful ways and it's helping that connection from spirit so you've got a clear sense of where you're going your, your guidance and what needs to be done you know, in the communities around you. Mm, I love that. So I wanted to share a little story with you that I thought was really synchronistic. Yeah. <laughs> so you you were there in June when you first found this tree and flower. And I, um, so when you were bringing out the flower essence last year, on the morning that you were bringing out, I was like to my husband, I was like, I wonder what this essence is going to be. Like, I wonder what it will be. And then I was like, what am I saying? Like, it could be any flower in Australia. Who knows what that flower is? You know, there's what, how many flowers do we have? 60,000 odd flowers. <laughs> and then I was, so I was like, oh, I probably won't know this flower. Anyways, so you brought it out and I was reading your blog on it and you have like the story of it and you have your photos from your trip there. And I was like, wait, what? These are my photos. And I was like, 
hang on. And I literally two months after you went there, went to the exact same beach, took the exact same photos at the exact same tree of Calophyllum. They were, they're literally like the exact same photos as yours. And I was like there with the tree, like just two months after you were there. And no. I, was, I thought it was so funny that that morning I was like, I won't know what the tree, uh, what, what flower it is. And I was with this exact tree. <laughs> it was really calling to people, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So I thought that was so, so synchronistic and yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I took the remedy as well after that. And yeah, I, I felt that it worked really powerfully. Yeah. What did you, can you remember what you felt it was doing for you? I can't remember. I probably have notes down somewhere. I can't remember specifically, but I think it came about with a lot of like using my voice. And I think I even like felt like a physical sort of, um, sort of purge as well with the, with the throat. But I definitely think that was one of the focus was using my voice. And, um, I think almost, it must've been a couple months after that, that I decided to start this podcast as well. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, whether it was that part yeah. of the thing of like, you, you yeah. know, that work you're doing with, with communicating and sharing yeah. and getting that yeah. through the podcast. I think it? so. I definitely think it's contributed to it for sure, for sure. But I definitely remember having a really powerful response to it. And um, yeah, looking back, it's probably shifted a lot of things um, in that timeline. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, be- beautiful area, isn't it? Where that, isn't it where that tree is. Yeah, gorgeous. You know, one of those, I think it's the only place on the planet where you got two world heritage areas mm. next to it. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, um, I just have one more question for you today, Ian. And so, so flower healing has been around for thousands of years and used in this particular way for around a century. And it's grown a lot in that time, especially with the work that you do sharing it. And even though I myself have used it for about 20 years because I used it when I was growing up and my mum actually did one of your courses when I was um, younger as well, I still find that it is kind of the lesser known side of holistic healing and not like there is still that, I guess, um, disconnect with um, people knowing about it and sort of understanding its healing potential and what it does. But I'd love to put, I'd love to get your insight on what you think the future of flower essences holds in store. And if you have any personal insight into the role that you believe it'll play in the collective um, in the long term. Yeah. Well, uh, I mentioned, um, you know, some of the things happening in South America and, the beauty is that it's inexpensive, no side effects, mm. and I, I think we've got um, countries and situations where they rely on that because we've got the pharmaceutical industry, which is huge, which has big control and governments. They don't necessarily want to do something that's they're not going to make money with. Yeah. So they're pushing a certain way where I, I think it's it's just going to be individual people like yourself, like me, going out there, communicating, sharing. You know, um, I, I get excited when people come to the workshop mm-hmm. who are going to be using the, the essence on their children. You know, yes. the children grow up being brought up with flower essences and yes. they're going to pass it down to their children and, and their people that they come in contact with. Yeah. And, you know, like I really feel where in a bit of a dark hole um, on a spiritual level. It's a bit like the dark ages, but it, there's light and there's so many spiritual beings working with us to sort of shift and change things. Mm. I mean, really things I think are going to come very much to a head in these next few years. Mm. After that, there's going to be quite a, a change, a shift, and people are going to be not trusting some of the farms who are coming back to nature. Mm realizing the benefits and healing and drawn to that so you know i'm very optimistic about that but it's it's just this you know like you know having that courage that commitment to keep going and and educating letting people know doing the research just that listening to our own inner guidance and stepping up and doing what we're drawn that we feel like we're called to do yeah beautiful i agree and i you know obviously you 
are immersed in the world of flower essences and you teach in all of these areas. So you, you know how far it's spread and how wide it's spread. And I love that. And I, I can just feel even maybe within the sort of areas that I work in where it is lesser known, um, I, I still feel this almost like pull from people, like this energy of, like you said, connecting back to nature, but also with the flower essences themselves, there's, I can feel it building as well, that there's this energy of wanting to get more involved with it. And I do, I personally think it's going to grow exponentially in the next um, sort of little while. And obviously that is Thank you to you for for spreading it and doing such amazing work. But yeah, I feel like there's going to be a big blow up of it in the next little while as well. And you think of all the people who are listening to your podcast and and sharing it with friends. Hey, listen, this this sounds really good. So it's like people yeah. like you and I doing what we're guided to do and and spreading that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. My daughter's you know due to have her first baby any day now. You oh know, wow. So, you know, she's got her, um, um, you know, uh, bottle brush in case there's any problem with the baby with the way for the bonding and, you know, fringe vault to close off the anterior fontanelle and, you know, like, you know, they've got their space clearing to clear the birthing space. And, yes. you know, and, and it's exciting that here we're going to have, you know, children being, as I said, being brought up with the essences, yeah. you know, like sure people listening to this, if you Think of your own childhood and some of the difficult times. How much easier would it be if you know your mum or dad had known about essences to give you to help you with some of those times? So exactly, I think you're right too. Just like the the access to them and to to kids now these days, being able to grow up with them um, is going to yeah help profoundly in spreading them and utilizing them. And if all the children born this millennium, they've all got like at least one, two in their birth date. And that's that sensitivity. It's also intuition, but it's also cooperation. Mm. So, you know, like I think, you know, as this generation children just come through and interact with each other quite differently and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, I look forward to watching it all unfold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an exciting time. Beautiful. Um, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Um, look, I, I, I guess for me that the essence was very much about, um, you know, every, my goal was every household have it so the children grow up working with the essences. But the other thing is, I think we've all come here with a sense of life purpose and direction. And I, I just think the essences help get you in touch with that, but then give you that confidence and courage to, to follow it as well. So mm. yeah, yeah such okay. a, a beautiful modality, safe, easy to use. It's just like, yeah, mm. we're very blessed by what nature is offering us. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you do and creating this range and educating and all of the magic that you share. We love yeah. it. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been beautiful to chat to you and hear more about your experiences and your insight and your wisdom. And if anyone would like to find uh, yourself or the Bushflowers or any of your education, where can they find those? If they go to the website, Ausflowers, A-U-S Flowers, com.au and we have all the workshops are available online and we're doing live ones as well there's information about the essences videos about them they get a lot of information there about them beautiful thank you so much ian and thank you everyone for tuning in uh, if you'd like to find myself on instagram you can at the flower prophecies or at heka healing flower therapy and uh, or at my website at hekahealing.com.au so thank you everyone and see you next week bye